From activism to entertainment, health to nightlife, profiles and courage to travel, and so much more. This is the Jeff Hawker Show, LGBTQ news and lifestyle conversation for the Coachella Valley region. Here's Jeff Hawker. Welcome to the show. So glad that you've joined us and uh, are enjoying are kind of unseasonably cool temperatures. Usually, first of May, it can be up into the high 100s, 106, 108, and it's been kind of nice. We've been in the mid-90s and high 90s, so it gives us a little breather before we get into the depth of summer. Very excited to have our guest on the show today. Um, He's a long-term friend and also... um, just a great all-around guy, and we're going to dedicate the whole hour to the McCallum Theater today because they are back in business. They're launching their new season, and we're going to talk all about it, and we're going to also talk about the new president and CEO. Our guest on the show today is Jeffrey Norman, who is the vice president, and um, he's in charge of communications and public affairs for the McCallum Theater. How you doing? Well, how are you, my friend? It's great to be with you. It's great to have you. I, I think this might be the first time you've been on the show. I I think it is, and and I've been waiting desperately for you to ask me. <laughs> well, we've got to make it a regular segment. <laughs> I would love that. So you came to McCallum year, uh, Theater a couple years ago, and you came with a wealth of experience. You were the vice president for public affairs for the New Jersey Performing Arts Center in Newark, New Jersey from 1992 to 2012. Tell us a little bit about your background in performing arts and how it led you to coming to Palm Springs and being part of the McCallum. Well, that makes me sound really old, which I guess... <laughs> I guess now I you're a youngster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, you said a couple of years, which is funny because I've been here act- uh, over eight years now, which is just mind-boggling to me that uh, that I've been here that long. But I, um, yeah, I, I started out, you know, like every young kid, just not every young kid, but a lot of young kids, I wanted to be an actor. And, uh, you know, I went to school for theater and, and all of that. And then I uh, I got waylaid uh, into into politics and government. And I ran a congressional office and a, and a state assembly office and decided that I was too nice a guy to be in that line of work. Well, hopefully um, Democrat, right? Well, you know, I, I you know, uh, anybody who knows me knows what my, my <laughs> politics. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so they, I heard that they were, they had this crazy idea to build the $200 million performing arts center in downtown Newark, New Jersey, which is one of the most beleaguered, beleaguered cities in the country. And, you know, they people had fled in 1967 when they had the, the horrible, you know, race insurrections. And, and it, it, it was it was a horrible time. And, and even then, my, my, my boss there said he had a professor who said it would take 30 years for that city to start to come back. And don't you know, 30 years, almost to the day, we opened uh, what we called NJ Pack, New Jersey Performing Arts Center. Uh, it was a 2,750-seat theater and a 500-seat theater. Uh, and I was there for five years while we were building it and another 15 years uh, helping to run it. And it was the joy of my life. It was, 
it, it put together everything that I loved about, uh, you know, that I wanted to, to, to try to achieve through politics and, and, and government. It, you know, brought diverse communities together. It was about arts education. It was about world-class uh, entertainment. And it was also about the revitalization of a, of a, a great American city. So, so I did that for 20 years. So I have a question and, for you. I have a question for yeah, you. Yeah. So uh, the McAllen Theater gets a lot of national touring companies off of Broadway. How did that work since New Jersey was so close to Broadway? Well, it's an interesting question because uh, because we were so close. We, we did do a Broadway series for uh, a few years, and we found that, that people, if they wanted to go see Broadway, they went to Broadway. So, and we were getting kind of the second and third tours, and it just it didn't really work out. So we ended up instead doing a you know a, a great cabaret series in in one of the intimate rooms we had in the in the, in the theater. So uh, we stopped doing Broadway there unless it was something that we could figure out how to produce. Um, but anyway, you know, I started to come to Coachella Valley as a visitor in 1999, and made it a yearly kind of uh, uh, trip, uh, sometimes twice a year. And I said, you know, I literally got off the plane the first time I came here, and I said, I'm going to live here one day. Yeah, it's and, not humid, at least yeah. <laughs> at least for most of the year. Well, as I say to people, you don't have to scrape the sunshine off your windshield, you know. <laughs> um, and, and then um, about... Eight and a half years ago, I, I actually I bought a condo just to get my feet wet in the uh, uh, in the community. And around the same time, I learned that there was a new CEO at the uh, McCallum, a fellow by the name of Mitch Gershenfeld, and had learned he also had worked with one of my most cherished colleagues. So I called her up. I said, "What do you know about this guy?" And she said, "He's great." So I just sent him an email with my resume and said, "Hey, you know, if you ever looking for anybody, you know, give me a, a holler." Literally, Jeff, five minutes later, the phone rang, and he said, we don't have anybody here who does what you do. Come talk to me. Wow. So I came, and I had two interviews and a not insignificant pay cut later. Uh, I was offered the job, and I said, what am I waiting for? And I packed up everything. <laughs> I gave notice, and, uh, and the rest was history. Yeah, and, and you go back and forth quite often to Broadway to kind of look at different shows. Mitch Gershenfeld is still the artistic director for the McCallum, so you guys still have that great working relationship. Yeah, he's terrific. He uh, Not only did he plan this, uh, this coming 21-22 uh, season, which I know we'll, we'll talk about, um, he also... Um, helped uh, get the artists for the Ghost Light series that we were presenting virtually over the summer. We did uh, four um, performances that included artists like, uh, you know, the Tantanners and, and uh, Judy Collins and Pink Martini and uh, Linda Etter and all that. He not only got them to give us either some archival footage or actually perform for us uh, virtually, but he got each one of them to... Uh, you know, to invite the Palm Springs, Palm Desert audience back to the McCallum next year. So 
Mitch is still working hard for us and doing a great job. Well, and I tell you, a lot of performing arts organizations, I sit on a couple different alliance boards with theaters and musical arts organizations. Everybody's had to adapt their organization, but I think this new technology that you know we've been forced into will become you know a part of our marketing efforts. Well, not only that, Jeff, it, 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 it's really, it, it's been fascinating because, you know, we have the, one of the largest, uh, well, probably the largest arts education program uh, in the Valley, if not in Riverside County. And, uh, you know, but a lot of that was bringing kids to the theater or having art, uh, you know, teaching artists go into classrooms. So when that stopped, um, we had to pivot. And we had to learn all sorts of technology through Zoom and Google Classroom. And with a partnership that we were invited by the county, the, the, the county to become a part of, it's not unlikely to think that by the end of this season, we will have served just as many, if not more, kids through, with arts education activities this year than we have uh, in previous years. So, um, and, and, it's, and going forward, uh, that's going to be a part of what we do. We'll still have the kids back in the theater. We'll still have the teachers in the classroom, the artists in the classroom. But it it opens up a whole new wide. Uh, you know, we we had online programming too. So it's it did. You're right. It forced us into thinking a little bit more creatively. And some of the organizations in the valley have done an extraordinary job doing that. It sounds like that could also be a way to have ongoing uh, education, but also somehow monetize it to support the theater as well, to have it as yeah, part of a curriculum for some of the schools. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. That's certainly something to look at. You know, we, we're very fortunate that we have donors who, uh, who really believe in arts education. And uh, most especially uh, our Women's Leadership Council, the Muses and Patronage Circle, um, they over the years have raised over $8 million for the Theaters Arts Education Program. And even this year, Jeff, when they couldn't get together, they couldn't have their major gala, they couldn't you know, do their, their, their meet and mingles, they still presented us the other day with a check for $261,000 for arts education. So, you know, we love these ladies. They're brilliant at what they do. Um, so, you know, it's, it's possible that we will monetize things in the future, but we're also very fortunate to have people who really care about arts education. Well, and the McCallum Theater is really a, a beacon of light and hope for performing arts. You know, there's really no other institution really throughout Riverside County that can do what you guys do on a regular basis. You know, uh, it's, it's funny, our new uh, president and CEO, Jamie Grant, uh, was asked this question the other day, and, and, and he said, you know, if there were no McCallum Theater in, uh, in the Valley, somebody in one of the, the cities would have to build one. Because, you know, we do have the opportunity to, um, uh, to um, you know, bring in the world-class artists uh, to... And, and, and a lot of them, Jeff, they, when, when they come here, they love the way they're treated. Our backstage people are so amazing, and, and they treat them really well. The Ten Tenors love coming here. The, the touring Broadway folks love coming here, especially, you know, when they've just come from Minnesota in February. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. So it, it, the, the McCallum really has this this kind of uh, multi-purpose uh, uh, mission, which is you know to bring the world's greatest artists here to to the valley but also to educate uh, the children. And then we're expanding more and more into community engagement activities. And that's really, when you think about what a performing arts center in the 21st century really should be, um, it, 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 it should not, it doesn't always have to be inside of your building, but you should have influence. And, you know, we did a project in the East Valley a couple of years back, which was a huge success. Uh, and then we're actually our Palm Desert Choreography Festival does an East Valley dance project every year, and we even did one this year virtually. So I think, I think the, the, the theater um, is meaningful to the community, and, uh, and, and, and people are just so generous. And, you know, we did a, we did a survey, Jeff, we, and, and, and we, got, we got over 3,100 responses, which is like a national response. And uh, and uh, everybody kept saying they, they, they just they just miss the theater. Please open up. Please open up safely. But please come back. And you know, seventy six percent of the respondents said they would be ready to come back by the end of December, and another eighteen said by January, and zero percent said that they weren't coming back. Well, so that, that's. What- it's so great to hear that because we know that a lot of people who have a second house here li- live part of the year somewhere else and they have opportunities to support other organizations. So I'm glad they're supporting the McCallum Theater. We're talking with Jeff Norman. He is the Vice President of Communications and Public Affairs for the McCallum Theater. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the present new president and CEO, Jamie Grant and also about all the incredible programming at the McCallum Theater. Their website is mccallumtheater.com. You're listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. The Jeff Hawker Show, casting a brilliant rainbow of diversity on iHub Radio. Now, here's Jeff. We are in conversation with Jeff Norman. He's the Vice President of Communications and Public Affairs for the McCallum Theater. Um, I got a... I have the Desert Sun article in front of me that came out this week. And uh, Jamie Grant had said part of the challenge of the touring industry has is the protocols may be different depending upon which state they're operating in. And you guys have been familiarizing yourself with what's happening in Arizona, Nevada, California. Now you guys are starting your season a little bit later than normal because the protocols have been changing. We're going into different tiers and who knows what it's going to be in the next month, but it looks like if if everything goes as planned, that things will be pretty much open by late summer. Yeah, that, 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 that's what we've been thinking. You know, um, we, we believe that uh, 
that you know most uh, most people who want to be vaccinated will be by then. Uh, actually, the that survey I referred to earlier, we one of the questions was, um, uh, do you, have you been vaccinated or do you intend to be? And ninety two percent of the people said yes, which we thought was you know really boded well for uh, you know for for our return. It's not unlikely to think that we might even add shows in November uh, if things continue to, to, to go well. So uh, so you know we're, we're, we're monitoring all of that. We will we will adhere to whatever protocols are in place when we open. In the meantime, we've uh, partnered with our friends uh, over at uh, Eisenhower Health. Um, who have come and toured the building and given us all sorts of recommendations for, um, you know, for for protocols and for air filtration systems and what have you. And we're uh, we have a commitment from the board to uh, do whatever upgrades we need to do uh, because you know it's not it's not really it's not only about uh, people uh, being safe. It's it, it's that they feel safe too. So we're going to chronicle that uh, along the way and just continue to let people know what we're doing, uh, you know, touchless uh, uh, entry and, and, and uh, you know, sinks in the bathrooms and things like that. Whatever we need to do to make people feel comfortable about being there, that's what we're committed to do. Well, and I have to tell you, some of these protocols that have been put in place are not a bad idea. You know, having sanitized stations at the airport and in right. convention centers and having, you know, uh, some people disagree with me, but I like seeing a cook in the back wearing a mask. <laughs> I know it's got to be hot, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you're when they're making your food, it's probably a good thing. Now, um, well, that's why that's why they, they used to remember the, the little lunch ladies back in the day with the hairnet. Uh, yeah. Remember that? Um, I got a kick out of one of the quotes in the paper, too, that um, Harold Matzner, who's chairman of the board, um, said the 10 tenors, an Australian music ensemble with a large fan base, is a favorite um, because he likes to go out drinking with them. And he said it's like having family come back when they hit the stage. And and, and that's how they they feel, too. They... uh, uh, you know, they, they, they taped a couple of messages for us to use. They actually, one of them got involved in a little thing on Facebook the other day. Um, yeah, no, uh, they, uh, they they love to go over to the nest uh, after their performances. And you can imagine that they're they're wildly popular there. Uh, <laughs> but, the, you know, the Ten Tenors is the most popular act in the history of, uh, uh, of the McCallum. They've sold more tickets than anybody else. Why do you uh, think? And, you know, I, well, they're 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 excellent. They're really good. Um, you know, Mitch uh, and and uh, and his wife Sam, uh, uh, you know, took them in almost as family when they came here, and it just started to build. And word of mouth started to build, and now every time they come, they sell out. You know, three, four, five, six, seven performances. Next season, they're going to be here in February, uh, and they're actually going to be here on Valentine's Day. So. Uh, so bring your bring your sweetheart and uh, and enjoy uh, ten guys who, uh, who who sound terrific. Well, and I see that you have six dates with them now. For members, the tickets went on sale earlier in the week, um, but for the general public, tomorrow, Thursday, yeah, May thirteenth, so it goes on sale. Six p.m. is when tickets go on sale uh, to the general public and. Uh, 
we really encourage people, you know, to go online uh, to, you know, if they if they have to, they can call the box office. But uh, going online is really the easier and better way they can choose their tickets online. Um, and, you know, because there's been such a pent-up desire, people, you know, really want to experience live performance again. Don't kind of think you can wait until a couple of days before a show. No. I would really want tickets now. I went on and ordered, you know, uh, almost a thousand dollars worth of tickets yesterday. Wow. So, you know, I'm so coming I'm with you. I'm your date. Okay. You're, you, it's got a deal. It. you got it. You got it. <laughs> you got it. So the website is McCallumTheater.com, and I'll spell it M C C A L L U M T H E A T R E, the appropriate spelling for theater. Yeah. So that's McCallumTheater.com. And again, um, tickets go on sale this week, so make sure you buy them right away, especially popular shows like the Ten Tenors. When we come yeah. back, we'll talk to Jeff all about some of the other great programs that you have coming up, some of the great shows, and some of my personal favorites as well. So stick with us. You're listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Live from Palm Springs, the Desert City's A to Z on LGBTQ. This is the Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Today's show is all about the premier performing arts venue in the Valley, the McCallum Theater. We're in conversation with Jeff Norman, who's the Vice President of Communications and Public Affairs. Um, it looks from the schedule that you had, and you had commented that you may be adding shows earlier, but it looks like you're kicking off the season with Hairspray. That's right. And uh, I, I think that's a kind of a great uh, one to start with. You know, if you, if you think about Hairspray and you think about the, the themes of the show, of course it's fun and upbeat and the music's fantastic, but if you think about you the You can't stop the, the beat. Show, you can't stop me. <laughs> but it's also, you know, it's also kind of relevant in today's world, too. So um, you can come and just just enjoy it for, for what it is, but you can also kind of reflect on how maybe we still have uh, ways to go to do better in, in the issues like that. Yeah, and then... Now, Nick, yeah, now you really know my politics. Um, do, do you know who stars in it? Is there any particular, maybe Broadway actors that are, are starring in that one? We, you know, what we don't we don't know that yet. Some of these shows haven't even begun casting yet. Yeah, and they probably haven't because really rehearsed. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and then, a, then a local favorite. You've got uh, Barry Manilow's "A Gift of Love." Now, a lot of those tickets were pre-sold, weren't they? Yeah, you know, those tickets are, are actually sold through uh, uh, through their own website, uh, which I think is agol5.com. Uh, 
Um, and uh, and I think that if you had tickets last year, uh, they've made arrangements to honor them, but uh, that's done separately from our box office. But what's wonderful is that he does this every other year or so, and he um, he donates all of the proceeds. He doesn't get paid. He donates all of the proceeds to about 20 different uh, nonprofit organizations in the Valley. So it's incredibly generous and a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, he's incredible. I I saw him at one of the. I think it was Steve Chase one year. He he is just uh, yeah. so alive. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I, I saw him in Vegas uh, shortly after that, and I think I saw Diana Ross the same week. And he, you know, the two of them were in their mid seventies, I guess. And you would never know that they, you know, they they were as energetic as they were when I, you know, when I saw them when they were at the height of their popularity. One of my personal favorites, and she's been really active during this whole pandemic, is Patty Lapone. And oh, yeah. yeah, and and didn't I see she's going to be starring in a production of Company coming up? That's right. Uh, she was starring in it uh, in London. Uh, she was in previews uh, when they shut down Broadway. Uh, but people needn't worry. Uh, that production is going to open up again in December. But it's written into her contract that she has a date out here. Uh, and so she will be, uh, uh, she, her understudy will go on for her in New York that night while she's in Palm Desert. Well, and she loves the Valley. She's been out here quite a bit. That particular oh, yeah. show, which we know will sell out, is Tuesday, January 18th at 7 p.m. And it's called Don't Monkey with Broadway. So you can imagine that in, in, in addition to her singing, she may have an opinion or two. <laughs> and another one of my all-time favorites, and I hope I get to work with her at some point, is Vanessa Williams, who's appearing uh, on Saturday, January 22nd at 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, she did one of our ghost light things and, uh, uh, with Darius to have. And, he, you know, she was sitting there outside with the snow coming down and just dreaming about coming out to Palm Desert. And uh, uh, she's extraordinary. She is, she is as talented as she is beautiful. And she's, and she's one of the nice ones, too. Yeah. You know, sometimes they're not always nice. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but and she, remember, lovely. she won the Oscar and Grammy and Golden Globe for Best Original Song for um, Pocahontas, Colors of the Wind. Which is still uh, one of my all-time favorite. I just love that song, but she's she's gotten four Emmy nominations, eleven Grammy nominations, a Tony nomination, three SAG Award nominations, and seven NAACP Image Awards. So she she's just spectacular. And not to mention Miss America. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother show. Lifetime. <laughs> uh, so one one that really caught my eye was Steve Solomon's "My Mother's Italian, My Father's Jewish, and I'm Still in Therapy." <laughs> well, yeah, this is a kind of a sequel because it, it it used to be just "My Mother's Italian, My Father's Jewish, and I'm in Therapy." So he's still in therapy, and there are thirty characters on stage in the show that he does. 
but there's only one actor, and that's Steve Solomon. And he plays all of his family members. And you would never, I mean, it's, he's so extraordinary. He gets them down to a, you know, to, to a, a T. And these, these characters are, are characters that everybody will remember in their own families. Wow, 30 characters. That's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah it really is. Hey, Jeff, can I give a shout-out? Yeah, go ahead. So, you know, you, 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 you mentioned, actually, our new CEO, uh, Jamie Grant. Yep. Uh, and so Jamie came to us from uh, most recently from the Ordway Center in uh, St. Paul. And before that, he was at the, uh, uh, the Long Center in Austin, Texas. He's Canadian by birth. Uh, and he came, he started last September, um, and he's just been phenomenal. He has worked with us on a strategic plan. He's, you know, he says, uh, you don't always get a chance to, you know, to tinker with things while the plane is on the ground, and, and he's had that opportunity. Uh, and so he's been on a listening tour, what we call the listening tour and charm offensive. Uh, and he's, uh, he's really, uh, he, he, he's galvanized the staff uh, and, and the volunteers, and, and uh, you know he's been at the Muse events, and they love him already. Um, he's meeting with you know with with, with all of the, the the community leaders, and, and he wants to learn. He wants to he wants to know what people want the McCallum to be. Um, so it's it, 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 it's really been a great uh, learning experience working with him. Uh, Mitch Gershenfeld was was a terrific CEO, and now we have another terrific CEO, and we and we get the pleasure of actually having Mitch still working as the uh, artistic director. But um, um, you know, people are going to really enjoy meeting Jamie. The the interesting thing is uh, that you know he has up until last week he had been here for about you know, however many months and hadn't sold a single ticket. And he said, you know, if he was in any place else in his career, he would be putting his resume together. But uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's finally uh, sold a few tickets, and but he has to wait to see his first show in, uh, until December 3rd. Well, I'll tell you, when you're working with in a very highly creative environment, you have to have a certain kind of personality so that people engage with you. you you've got to be friendly. You've got to really know your stuff so that people are willing to work with you. Yeah, and he's really, he really has no ego. He's, you know, he, he used to come visit uh, the Valley, too. He loves to golf. And he, he, thinks, you know, he, he, he thinks of this place as paradise. And he and his wife are really enjoying it here and uh, can't wait until we get to start you know, doing what we do. So... Uh, um, you know, because he's been doing it for 30-plus years. So right. we're really lucky to have him. Has he been here in August? He has. He moved <laughs> here uh, last August. <laughs> so, uh, as a matter of fact, when he went to a car wash one day, he had a, you know one of those scrapers in the back seat, and, and the kid at the car wash asked him what that was. They, you know, he was, I guess he was a local. He had never seen any such device. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about some of the other touring shows you have coming up. So uh, uh, along with, um, with Hairspray, um, our Broadway season uh, includes uh, the, the, uh, the most recent production of Fiddler on the Roof, which was on Broadway uh, before it shut down and, and did a, a wonderful tour. Uh, actually, a, a good friend of mine who I did a, pr a production of Godspell with back in the day, 
this Latina Spitfire uh, is uh, just came off two years of playing Yenta uh, in Fiddler, and it's a glorious production. Um, then we're, we're we're bringing back Jersey Boys because the, everybody loves it here. Uh, so you know, a few uh, we're going to have five performances of Jersey Boys, and then uh, we're uh, also uh, beautiful the Carol King musical sold out so quickly the last time we had it here that we knew we had to bring it back. So yeah, I've got to get my tickets for that because that's one of the ones that I wanted to see on Broadway and haven't been able to. Yeah, it's a terrific show. It really uh, talks about her her life and her you know her writing partner and and, and former husband Jerry Goffin and. Uh, just the what it was like to write music in the Brill Building back in the day, and uh, she was a reluctant uh, singer. She just wanted to be a songwriter, and she became this this iconic uh, voice of a generation. So amazing. Uh, so that's you know, and then you know, the, we, uh, in addition to Patty and Vanessa, we have Kristen Chenoweth and Linda Etter, who are two other Broadway divas. Uh, so uh, we're excited about them, and then we have the. Um, uh, we added an extra uh, uh, show of the National Geographic Live, and these um, these are great programs. They, they they bring in some of these really adventurous people, photographers, and 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 uh, uh, the um, uh, somebody who was at the space station, and uh, somebody who does extreme uh, skiing, and. There's something called The Secret Lives of Bears, which may also be another program. But um, the uh, and and they 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 lecture, but they they do it with with a, a incredible videography and photography. It's a great thing to bring the kids, the grandkids to. Uh, so we're excited to have that back again this season. And one of my favorites will be working my way back to you, babe. The yeah. Jersey Boys <laughs> Best Musical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know. Speaking as a Jersey boy, uh, they used to they used to have a little thing that they wanted us to put in the in the brochure that said, uh, uh, you know, warning: authentic uh, Jersey language uh, will be used in this production. And uh, I guess they stopped doing that. But I was I was just, I was a little offended by that. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> now, if you want to buy tickets, what's the phone number? Uh, the box office phone number is seven six zero. Three four zero two seven eight seven, and the website is mccallumtheater.com and you have to make sure that you buy it through the mccallumtheater.com website because isn't there other vendors that try to hone in on your territory? Yeah, thanks for thanks for bringing that up. Uh, the, 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 there there are uh, you know ticket brokers out there who somehow scoop up a bunch of tickets and then we'll charge you sometimes double and triple uh, the face price. So if you want to make sure that you're paying the, 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 the right price and uh, you're getting the tickets that you want, really only go to the McCallumtheater.com website. And you guys have great ticketing agents. So again, McCallumtheater.com. Great having you on the show today, Jeff. Such a pleasure. We'll have you back, and it would be great to have Jamie on the show as well at a future date. We'll make that happen. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. And again, go to McCallumTheater.com. Get your tickets now. When we come back, John and I are going to talk a little bit about things going on in the state governor's office and who's running for governor in the recall election that's coming up. You're listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Oh, 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 oh,
lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. The Jeff Hawker Show, casting a brilliant rainbow of diversity on iHub Radio. Now, here's Jeff. Thanks again for Jeff Norman coming on the show today. We'll have him back and talk about all the new shows that they add, because I'm sure they're going to be adding shows in November as well. Um, I wanted to have this last segment to kind of talk about all the positive things that uh, Governor Gavin Newsom has been doing. Um, there is a recall election that will be on the ballot. What is that date? In, November? In November. It'll be the first Tuesday in first November. First Tuesday in November. Yeah. Um, paid by the taxpayers. We've estimated tens of millions, maybe a hundred million, because the Secretary of State will have to work with every county in the state to put it on the ballot. You got fifty some odd counties in California, what, fifty four, fifty eight, something like that. Yeah. And in every county, every precinct has to be operated. You have to, you know, also print those ballots and have them tabulated by the county registrars in all those counties and people working centrally at the state's secretary of state's office to process that. And of course, there's going to be two big questions asked. The first one is the one that matters the most. Do you want to recall the governor? The second question is, if you do want to recall the governor who do you want to elect as governor so people will be voting uh in two categories here the hard thing is is that you know the democrats do not usually run somebody if they have the office in their hands right then because you don't want to be focusing your attention on putting another person in office when you have a perfectly fine candidate already in the seat yeah, the he good news scattering the vote. Yeah, the good news is is that between Republicans and Libertarians, uh, no party uh, voters, um, it's still a very much a minority. And as we reported here on the air yesterday, and has continued to, uh, to be reported uh, into today, that there is a softening in terms of people's anger with the governor. Um, and a lot and they've of they've got checks in their bank accounts now. <laughs> well, a lot of things are going to be happening in the next several days to weeks um, that include this massive rebate. It's a you know as you were talking about, uh, it is a record rebate to um, to the voters in the state of California. Yeah, it, it's never been matched by any state ever. Um, so. The governor announced the largest state tax rebate in history, amounting to nearly $12 billion. And by the way, for people who think, oh, this is just a ploy to not get himself uh, recalled, no. He's actually making the state do what it's supposed to do because this is state law that when tax revenues hit a certain threshold, then these are mandated. And all right. of a sudden, people are going to think, surplus. yeah, and, and there is a huge surplus because people who've done extraordinarily well in the, the pandemic have done so well and have profited so much off of things that those income earners have had to pay these, you know, windfall taxes. Right. Especially with the stock market. There's so many high-tech companies in California that benefit. So this um, rebate program is called the Comeback Plan, 
And, you know, what he's basically doing is just reinvesting in the state. You know, one of the things that initially when they were starting to, you know, raise the different tiers is, you know, really encouraging people to travel within the state of California and support our own. Um, well, you but, know, Jeff, that um, we had a guy on in our news yesterday and today, and I'll play a clip for you first. It's just right. about 10 seconds of him talking, uh, and this is political analyst Gary Dietrich giving some insight on how the budget surplus would affect a recall election. Uh, you can speak right now, sir. Hold on. Uh, it helps if I turn the button on. Well, the thing for the governor is he just got the biggest Christmas present of his life, and he got it in May because $75 billion is nothing to sneeze at, even in a state as large as California. And he also said that the surplus allows the governor to do a number of things that are going to be advantageous to him. Number one, reverse some cuts that were very unpopular. Number two, offer up some new funding for programs, either existing ones or new ones, that also will be appealing to a lot of people. And, and some of those, Jeff, that you, uh, I think we're going to point out, uh, the governor is, um, he's announced that not only will citizens be getting a good deal, at least two-thirds of California citizens will get a, 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 you know, a rebate check back that will run anywhere from six to eleven hundred dollars i think but he's also going to help end homelessness finally for families who are out on the streets yeah uh because he is putting uh i 12 billion 12, i think you said 12 yeah. billion yeah into into programs like that well so how does that work when you know a judge in la is mandating L.A. County to to get all of the homeless off the street. How do they figure out where that funding goes to? Well, obviously, various communities have to have to work. You know, just as and maybe we know that Palm it. Springs went and had already been given ten million dollars yeah, by where the is governor. That money, by the way, that <laughs> money is supposedly going into um, into homeless structures and programs okay. to help people in the Palm Springs community. That was money that uh, Jeff Coors uh, uh, and Christy Holsiege went to Sacramento and lobbied for, and and this is before all of this happened. So things will only presumably for communities like our own Palm Springs get better um, because it's not a program that's just going to go away. The, the bigger issue on a local level, I think, for these things is getting people in the community to quit being a bunch of nimbies and saying, I don't want this near me. Put them out in the, you know, in the North Dallas 40. And then when you do that, they're nowhere near any of the services that those people need to help turn their lives around. So you either want them to be able to have the ability to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, or you want to saddle them with a situation where they're forever in a cycle of poverty. Which is it? Well, and a lot of this has to do, it's multi-tiered, because some of it has to do with, you know, veterans with post-traumatic stress syndrome some of it has to do with you know people coming out of mental institutions so i think really there needs to be more counselors that can go out and help these people yeah and more treatment programs well 
the governor's got a lot on his plate, but the one thing I think that all of us have to remember, Jeff, is... Vote no on the recall. Not only that, but the fact of the matter is, the reality really is, he is every bit as much a president of a nation as he is the governor of a state because we have 40 million people who live in California. Fifth largest economy in the world. You've been listening to The Jeff Hawker Show. Thanks for joining us today. If you want more information on all the different great shows that we have on the iHub network, go to iHubRadio.com. And don't forget to stay tuned because Tate Talks is coming up today from 4 to 6. The John McMullen Show resumes on Thursday. Thank you for being with us.